This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's up, everybody? Another day, another sleigh, and we have a lot to get into today, and I'm very happy that Sharjah Sell is here, filling in for the one and only Cher Lazar. Happy Monday. Happy damn Monday. Now, we have been diving into so much <laughs> for what leading up to this moment, and I feel like I think we're just going to jump right in on the dating thing because Char is still very shocked that I say I get shocked when ugly people hit me up on dating apps. I don't know what the big deal is. Why do they have the confidence to think they can get with me? But what's wrong with having that confidence? That's what throws me off. No, because... I've had men that I am not attracted to in any way, shape, or form hit me up or find me attractive on dating apps. It is not a moment of pause for me. It's just like I'm not interested. It's not anything of like jarring like, oh, how dare he? Here's the thing. When it's one person or if it's happening a couple of times, cool. But when it's like when you look at that Bumble and you pay extra money to look at who's swiped right on you or whatever and you see nothing but zeros, no shade. <laughs> it's just like, okay, what energy am I putting out there in my profile that makes them think that they can climb this tree? Well, and maybe it's not them thinking they can climb that tree. Maybe it's them. People swipe on oh, people they, they want find me to, cute. They want me to climb their tree. Because <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. I just, it does not really bother me. Um, I, it doesn't bother me. I don't know. It most definitely bothers me. We actually did a really fun conversation a couple of weeks ago about this between me and Chira. And I was just, you know, putting it out there. And I think you should head over to the Odyssey app. Uh, just type in Let's Go There with Chira and Ryan, where all of our podcasts live. But right now... I'm ready to get into the show because we're also diving in today into all of these damn robberies that are going on. Like, there's so many, like, flash mob robberies, as they're being called, that have taken place. And Yeah, I almost witnessed one on, on Friday. Oh, yes. Are you kidding oh, me? yes. If we have time, I'll tell you the story on air. If not, I'll wow. tell you during commercial break. Okay, yeah. well, I want to know how you dealt with that and then also how retail workers are dealing with it across the country. But first, I think we should get into our top of the hour news. So Eternal, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, he basically announces that the DOJ is suing Texas for redistrict, uh, redistricting plans discriminating against, quote, Latino and black voters to vote on account of their race, color, or membership in a language minority group. Here is the clip of whatever he's saying. The complaint we filed today alleges that Texas has violated Section 2 by creating redistricting plans that deny or abridge the rights of Latino and black voters to vote on account of their race, color, or membership in a language minority group. All right. Um, 
Cute. Thanks. Thanks for that update. We appreciate you. <laughs> um, okay. Also coming up in our top of the hour headlines, Omicron. Oh, my God. It's been detected in 17 U.S. states and more cases likely, according to the CDC, which honestly, not shocking. We're going to no. see it all over. I wonder. I just want to know what June 2022 is going to look like for us. Please. I do. Please. I wonder if we're going to get a, a grip on this thing or will we be like dealing with the Omega variant? Where you, if you look at someone, you got it. Isn't the Omega variant? Wouldn't Omega mean that it's basically the, the grand end? finale? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, in, in fairness, like, it's it, like the end. It is. It does feel very end of days to me currently. Oh, so gosh. in fairness, that would be very on brand for Mother Earth. The church kid in me is freaking out. <laughs> and on his knees Revelation. Literally repenting at this moment. <laughs> all right. That is enough top of the hour headlines. We'll have them always on the hour at the hour. What's happening on the T-Report, Char? Well, you know, Prince Harry is of my ministry, okay? Prince, oh, nice. He literally just sat down with an interview with Fast Company magazine in which he detailed that, you know, if you're... If your job is giving you stress and affecting your mental health, maybe you should quit. Now, uh, this comes from a place of extreme privilege. You know that Harry and Meghan both walked away from the British royal family. They both had titles and duties, but they quit and moved, you know, to the United States the earlier this year. Yeah. Remember Oprah sat down with them in March? Uh-huh. What? Was that in the Rose Garden? No, that was not in the Rose Garden. That was in a different garden. That was by her chickens. Oh, The chickens yes. weren't weren't far from there. But yeah. So, yeah. So, he's saying that uh, you should walk away. I should mention that uh, he is uh, working with BetterHelp. You know, we talked about this. Some of these tech companies yeah, with that, therapy. There's a, a huge scandal that BetterHelp went through a couple years ago. So, I have to ask, what are your thoughts on this? Because I totally agree, but I also believe the Capricorn in me, yeah. the responsible girl in me, believes in weighing your options. Like, you got to be smart. Well, I'm never going to take advice from someone who is really wealthy and telling me to quit my job because your job was literally being you. a figurehead. Yeah. <laughs> you in the most rich, famous way possible. Yeah. Now, I do think that we've, and we've talked about it here on the show, there is a, a resurgence of folks feeling like, hey, after the pandemic, 2020, I'm ready to quit my job and find something fresh and new for me. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, I mean, people are already doing before Prince Harry decides to give his opinion. That is true. And so um, I think that's important. I think going into this next year with everything going on, people are realizing life is way too short it and is. we got to figure it out immediately. I just caution people to just map out a plan. Yeah, but do I not, agree. Do not operate off of impulse. Because, you know, they say the average American, what is it, is $400 away from homelessness and poverty. Oh, wow. Like a lot of us that's don't it? even... $400? One paycheck. But wow. on, on average... $400 away wow. from your entire financial schedule being thrown off and you can't pay your bills and you might be out on the street. $400. Wow. So I would caution people to, you know, this is a good talking point like you mentioned, but please devise a master plan. That's true. I'm never going to quit a job if I don't have another one. No. Like, that's just not going to happen with me. But thanks so much for that T-Report. Charles going to be giving that to you every hour on the hour, darling. But right now we got more sure, uh, show coming up. I want to do more of a British accent, but it didn't really work out that way. It's okay. Yeah, let that go. Let that go. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, we're talking about these robberies happening across the country. And honestly, the only question on our minds is why? The Washington Post is joining us up next, so don't y'all go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Now, organized mobs have been robbing retailers across the country. One, how are the retail workers and, and law enforcement handling this new challenge? Well, Garrett DeVink from The Washington Post, who is a tech reporter, is joining us to break everything down. What's up, Garrett? Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Okay, seriously, this is the scariest thing. I feel like all the video clips, everything I'm seeing on the news about this is wild. Do we know why these smash and grabs are increasing? When did they even first start happening? Is this just a holiday-specific time period? Go ahead. Answer everything. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great <laughs> question and a hard one to answer because, on the one hand, these it, it feels like this is some new thing that's suddenly happening, and it's like, what's going on? And I and and the reality is, you know, these have happened for years. I mean, you know, even before the internet, we had people planning sort of these large-scale um, robberies where you just, you know, sometimes even drive a car into the front of a, a retail store and run in and grab everything and, and leave again. Um, you know, I've seen videos going back all the way to, to 2011 of videos going viral of people doing these kinds of robberies. But there is definitely the sense that, you know, there's sort of been – uh, a bump in them. And, and, and partly, um, you know, that can kind of just be explained again that, you know, people are back out in the world, stores are open again, you know, you, you can you can't exactly rob a store that that's locked down and, and, and closed off. And now that stores have been opening again, people are going back to uh, retail stores, you know, that opportunity presents itself again. And again, yes, we're heading into the holiday, holiday season. So a lot of very valuable merchandise merchandise is being prominently displayed. You know, you, you have a store that might have uh, uh, a bunch of you know very very high priced handbags just out out in the the lobby there ready to be bought and so it does make it easier for thieves to kind of come in and a- attempt to steal them. Wow. Thanks for explaining that because I was like, is the news just reporting on this more or has this been around? Yeah. And we just had 14 people arrested in LA County for a smash and grab. Wow, just happened Friday. But I want to know mm-hmm. what are retail workers saying about this from a safety perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I, it's quite scary for retail workers, obviously. And even if you your store hasn't been hit, just seeing it in the news and seeing that increased coverage or seeing uh, videos going viral on TikTok or YouTube, you know, you're going to think, oh, is this something that's going to happen, um, you know, to my store? Um, you know, my colleague spoke to one uh, retail executive who said it was, you know, even harder now to hire new workers. Uh, you know, some of them, were, especially in this market where, uh, there's a lot of job openings. You know, workers kind of have um, the pick of the litter when it comes to deciding where they want to work. It, it's, it's harder for these luxury retail stores uh, to hire people. You know, I'm not sure how really widespread that element is, but it's definitely something that workers are thinking about. Yeah, and you, in the in that article with you and your colleague, it says law enforcement mm-hmm. thinks social media has a role in this. What mm. What are they kind of saying about that? What does that mean? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think... One of the elements is because we see videos like this, you know, everyone has a phone. So more of these robberies do get caught on camera. They do end up going viral. You know, we are all on social media at this point, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, you know, maybe only a portion of us were on social media and we probably spent a lot less time on social media. So it it contributes to that feeling that this is a bigger deal because we're seeing the videos more. I spoke to one expert who, you know, has spent his career kind of speaking to, um, gang members and, and, you know, learning about uh, and writing about organized crime. And, and he said that there have been cases where instead of just sort of, you know, this being organized by a bunch of people who know each other, someone might post, you know, hey, I'm going to uh, target this location 
and that might get shared, uh, you know, between people who don't even know each other. You know, you can imagine uh, maybe a WhatsApp message where you get forwarded mm. that by someone you know inviting you to one of these robberies and sort of laying out the details, and then you you you're out with some other friends who, you know, maybe are also interested in participating and you share that with them and they might not even know the original person who came up with the idea in the first place. So it is true that that the nature of social media and the nature of online messaging apps, you know, has allowed this to kind of spread. And and, and this same expert told me, you know, we might think that, that criminals are very organized, that they're very careful about who they tell their plans to, that they keep it within a small group because they're afraid of their plans getting out or them getting caught. But the reality is a lot of the people participating in this are very young. Um, they are not very organized and the word can get out on social media and that might be contributing to these large groups of people yeah. attacking these wow. stores. Yeah, I just, not to keep bringing up the news, but I literally just saw an 11-year-old was arrested for carjacking in Chicago. Mm. Like, um, what is going on? I, I blame, you know me, I blame we the TikTok. We need some after-school specials. <laughs> no, we do, we do. Bring them back. <laughs> so what should holiday shoppers keep in mind going forth this season? I mean, aside from like the regular stuff, like don't keep valuables in your car make sure you lock your doors i know that i was always told just as a woman as soon as you get in a car don't get to adjust in your mirror you lock your door first as soon as the car door closes so what should holiday shoppers keep in mind yeah i mean i think probably it's important to remember that this is you know the the in terms of the actual data i mean it's it's not clear exactly that there is some massive increase it's not like every time you go to the mall you will see a robbery um, it's easy to kind of feel that way when you're when you're seeing things on social media and wa- watching the news. But the reality is, is you know, these things are still quite rare. Um, but of course, yeah, I mean, you know, people, you know, should always be careful. And and I think the other thing is to, you know, if you, um, you know, support your local businesses. I mean, if, if if I live here in San Francisco, right, actually in the area where a lot of the luxury stores were were attacked and they're all locked down and they have you know oh, big yeah. wooden boards in front of them and so that might be dissuading some people but um you know if you want to kind of support your local economy um you know then you should maybe say hey look like uh, i'm i'm sure it'll be okay i'm just going to go anyways regardless of, of of this news well garrett devink thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate you anytime and uh, make sure you catch up with everything that Garrett is reporting. He is a tech reporter for the Washington Post, and we always enjoy having him on the show. Now, moving on, Democrats have a new challenge to get over with with Hispanic voters, and it's all about using the term Latinx. Wow. Really? Yes. Politico is joining us to break everything down. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A new poll is revealing that Hispanic voters indicate that 30% would be less likely to support a politician who uses the term Latinx. Now, is this a new hurdle that Democrats have to climb? Joining us for this conversation is Sabrina Rodriguez, an immigration correspondent at Politico. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, we have a lot to get into here because I am actually interested in in finding out further information about this. Can you break down further the findings of this new nationwide poll of Hispanic voters? Yeah. So, you know, we we got these results last week from a poll that's been conducted nationwide of Hispanic voters. And we saw that only 2% of those that were polled refer to themselves as Latinx. There's been, you know, a whole lot of controversy and stories and Twitter fights about this in the past year, but this gives us some really hard numbers on that. Um, Whereas, you know, you see the 2% with Latinx, 68% of Latinos or quote Hispanics prefer Hispanic, and then about 21% favor Latino or Latina. Um, So we're seeing, you know, just in terms of how people prefer to refer themselves, it's Hispanic. But when we're talking about Latinx, the more striking numbers was that 40% said that that word bothers them or offends them to some degree. And then there's that 30% that said they'd be less likely to support a politician that uses that term to describe them. Oh, my gosh. This throws me off because I feel like in certain, of course, in pockets of academia and public discourse, this has been kind of beaten into my head. It's Latinx. It's Latinx. It's Latinx. Yeah, it's inclusive. And people are don't want it. But I have to know, why does this seem like a new problem for Democrats? You know, and I hate to always, I hate to admit when this happens, you know, some of it is just the media and overall it getting outsized attention. Um, and, and that's a big piece of it, you know, of just seeing the outsized attention. Republicans have been able to weaponize it to a certain degree of saying, you know, this is just more evidence that, you know, Democrats are out of touch when it comes to, to dealing with Latinos. Um, you know, the reality is that most campaigns, most Democratic strategists, most, you know, local officials don't use it and and don't frequently use it. Where we see it the most is amongst younger activists, younger progressives, and, you know, academia as well. So it's, you know, towing that line. I mean, you know, a lot of the Democratic strategists that I spoke to for this story were saying, you know, it's not one or the other. If we're talking to a broad group and we're in a region where people use Latino mostly, We'll say Latino. If we're in a part that people, you know, mostly use Hispanic, let's say Hispanic. If we're in a community where we know people prefer Latinx, then let's be cool with that, too, and say Latinx. Um, So it seems like it just ranges in in that sense. Yeah, my thing is I, I... 
the way that I connect this to like someone in my in, that exists in my the intersections of my identity as a a queer black person is like the word BIPOC. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I do it's the too. worst word I do too. ever. I do and too. for me, I'm like, okay, I understand when a, a a large group of people is kind of automatically being defined as this one word, and that's just kind of what everyone deems as the right word. But do you think we'll start to see kind of similar feelings for BIPOC in that same way? And also, is it too early for us to really think that the word Latinx is going to have any effects politically? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like we're going to be having more and more of these conversations because as campaigns and and Democrats, you know, focus more on, okay, we want to get it right. We want to tailor our message, be inclusive. Um, There's going to be these running into, okay, wait, how many people actually prefer Latinx or are we actually being inclusive when we use that? Are there people that actually hate it? Or, you know, if the idea is being inclusive with queer Latinos, do queer Latinos use Latinx typically and and kind of getting into those real nuances of it? Um, I think, you know, it's early to know. And and this is something that a couple strategists, one specifically, um, Chuck Rocha, who worked with Bernie Sanders campaign, was saying, you know, I can't foresee 10 to 20 years from now. Us, Maybe that'll be the mainstream 10 to 20 years from now. But when we're talking about in the short term of 2022, 2024, you know, strategists need to look at, you know, polling like this and say, hmm, maybe this isn't what we need to be using at this moment when it's just not part of, you know, mm-hmm. mainstream language. I've seen some language bubble up on my Twitter timeline about removing Latinx and saying Latin. It's like with the E at the end. I don't know what's going on with that. Either. I guess it'll I guess I'll learn about it. However, I want to also know why does this seem to be an issue that specifically is facing Democrats? I know that there's a huge, you know, Latinx population that are Republicans, that are conservatives. Why? Why isn't this on their end as well? Why is this specifically towards Democrats, you know, as a problem versus Republicans? I mean, the reality is that within the Democratic Party is that we see the majority of, you know, Latino activists being involved. So they've been able to, whether being, you know, staffers on campaigns and getting to have some input in how, you know, campaigns tailor their messaging or they're working in congressional offices or in the administration and, you know, trying to tailor and change, you know, some of the language that's being used. But, you know, it's The reason why this poll matters and the reason why things like this keep coming up on whether Democrats should use Latinx or not is everyone's trying to understand why in 2020 Republicans made inroads with Latinos the way that they did. You know, that's been the the talk since November is, okay, what, you know, what changed? Why did, you know, Donald Trump perform better with Latinos than he did in 2016? Are Republicans going to continue to replicate that? So there's been a lot of, you know, soul searching for Democrats of, okay, wait, where did we go wrong? Is it things like Latinx or is it things that we're not communicating, you know, what we're about and what the issues we care about are enough? And it seems like there's a mix. There's a mix of, you know, culture things like language and Latinx versus Latino. And then things of, you know, just ultimately people feeling, you know, maybe Democrats haven't performed well when they've mm-hmm. promised things on immigration or they've promised certain yeah. issues. Well, Sabrina Rodriguez, thank you so much for joining us for this great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you can check out uh, more of this article that Sabrina worked on on Politico. She is an immigration correspondent. Honestly, great work. You're, you're so good. We hope to have you back on. Yeah, I appreciate it.
All right, coming up, we got more show because, oh my God, speaking of Republicans, please. Days after a tragic school shooting, a Republican posted the most tone-deaf Christmas photo, and we are talking all about it up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so U.S. Representative Thomas Massey. Ever heard of him? Probably not because he's not worth it. He's drawing criticism after tweeting a photo of him and his family holding guns in front of their Christmas tree. Just four, like, I think it was like four days. Or, four, four days? Yeah, four days after four teenagers were killed in a, sh- a school shooting in Michigan. Here is what the quote said. Merry Christmas. P.S. Santa, please bring ammo. What? What in the Kentucky? He's actually a, re- a Republican representative from t- Kentucky. Yeah. I, this is, this is just in such poor taste. Yeah. It's even jarring with you reading that, that caption. I was off of social media for most of this weekend, but I did happen to see this trending. Yeah. And I honestly, you, I honestly did not know how to respond to this. I just... I couldn't believe it was an actual real tweet. It wasn't a hoax. It wasn't anything, you know, drummed up, any type of Photoshop. Like the fact that the Republican Party, and I feel like we always say this, we always echo this sentiment of how they have branded themselves, you know, the the party of family values and, mm-hmm. and Christianity and all of all all things quote unquote good and righteous and moral high ground in this country, then turns around and does this. And did anyone from the right come out to publicly condemn this? Oh, I don't of course know. If, not. I was about to say I don't know if I saw anyone from the right yeah. come out to publicly condemn this. The Republican Party is only pro-life when it fits their politics because they don't care about lives of, you know, the four teenagers that lost theirs early because of this school shooting. Um, some of the reactions of parents who lost children in school shootings in the past was very swift. One saying, at Representative Thomas Massey, since we are sharing family photos, here are mine. Um, this came from Fred Guttenberg, whose daughter Jamie was one of 17 people who died in the 2018 shooting at a high school in Parkland, Florida. He said, one is the last photo that I ever took of Jamie. The other is where she is buried because of the Parkland school shooting. My thing is, I'm so over um, the Republican Party and their obsessions unhealthy obsession with guns like for me i grew up in the south i understand if you want to own a gun cool go about your business doing it but the idea of you doing this and thinking you're making some political statement or you're thinking you're being cheeky or smart when really you're just i don't know looking scary and and ridiculous it's honestly it's it's one of the most terrifying things to see this whole family of of right your 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 mom your dad your your kids Everybody holding a gun, and and it's an assault rifle on top of that. I'm these sorry. are these ain't that are, scarier than a white person with a gun. I just, <laughs> and you know, it just it puts me on edge just with all of the stuff it's going true. on with the Supreme Court. It's true. You know, we're only one year into Biden's administration. Like, just the future of American politics with as as bipartisanship goes more and more out of the window, or the the thought of it goes more and more out of the window. Um, seeing something like this, and it's like you know, this is towing the line, and no one's saying anything, so it's almost. Like, what's next? What ridiculousness will come next? And what will it take? From what I'm hearing, um, I believe it's a Texas lawmaker, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that rejected the idea of background checks for gun purchases, which is so ridiculous to me if that is the case, because you need background checks to even open a credit card, but you don't need one to get a firearm. And so... 
Yeah, I don't know what to say about this, Ryan. I yeah, have cotton mouth. I have cotton mouth. It's honestly, it's every we've said everything before, and we'll probably continue to say it because Republicans love being tone deaf. That is that. On that, we have more show coming up in the next hour. Of course, it's uh, top of the hour news, and there's actually some really uh, good reports about acceptance and intersex youth that we're going to give you. Um, so stick around for that. Do not go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. You know one thing that I feel like the states always gets wrong? What is that? They never support British artists in the way that I think that we should. Like Little Mix, Kylie Minogue, who we just played, A Second to Midnight. Isn't My... she Australian? Oh, is she? Isn't Kylie Australian? Yeah, I think she is actually. You're right. Whatever. They all got <laughs> accents. And my thing is, Fire. I'm the one, like, I most definitely love this song. Um, What's the song called? Not this song, but the one that we just play a second to midnight. I have no idea. It's so good. It's with uh, years and years and it's just a bop and I'm so happy that we're finally playing it. Do you it. feel like America has an obligation to support artists from overseas? Yes, because we're missing out on such good music. Like we're missing out <laughs> on Little Mix. Little Mix is, should they be more popping up, out here. They? Well, they didn't break up. They're just taking an indefinite break. The girls swear they're <laughs> Destiny's Child. There's only one Destiny's Child, okay? And Kylie Minogue <laughs> is just someone who deserves and I just feel like the states always just kind of like bypass her except for the gays the gays are loyal we love her I always say, no, I grew up with Kylie Minogue on my TV specifically on I'm VH1 I'm just saying I'm just saying specifically we, she deserves way more but we are back time for top of the hour on the hour news and of course coming up this hour ooh this hour is actually a little bit juicy let me play my juicy song mm. that I like to play um, this this hour is a little juicy because we're talking about orgasms happening in your sleep Mm, that feels like something that you learn in health class, like a wet dream. Okay, well, <laughs> we're going to take the fantasy out of that. <laughs> I'm just saying. And we have that and so much more. But right now, let's get in the top of the hour news. So, LGBTQ youths who are also intersex, which is an umbrella term that describes those whose reproductive or sexual anatomy does not fit the typical definitions of male or female, have a higher risk of suicide when compared to LGBTQ youths who are not intersex, according to a new report from the Trevor Project. But research uh, researchers say there is there is hope because the data also shows that one thing can help significantly reduce the risk. Plot twist, acceptance. Didn't we know that already? I feel like we did. Uh, <laughs> it feels, and you know what? I just was telling you, you know, at the top of the show while we were on break, there was a 12-year-old in Tennessee who just took his life. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. As a result of not physical bullying, but verbal abuse from his yeah. classmates, which is terrible. It's and, really sad. And the Trevor Project, a National Youth Suicide Prevention and Crisis Intervention Group, released the research Friday in a report that explores the mental health and well-being of intersex LGBTQ youth. In response to activism by intersex people, some doctors have recently started reevaluating standard medical pro, uh, protocols to like how they handle them and 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 all these things. So that's good. I mean, I think we all know that acceptance will really help uh, a lot of folks just accepting who they are instead of questioning and making their lives a living hell. It starts at home for a safe space because the world is ugly. Yeah, for sure. The world is ugly. So um, you can check out the Trevor Project's uh, website for more information on that report. Right now, though, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, honey, she is saying there is a boycott, a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Uh, given China's ongoing genocide and 
crimes against humanity. Here is what she has to say. The Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. The athletes on Team USA have our full support. We will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. We will not be contributing to the fanfare of the games. Not that cough. I'm sorry. <laughs> when folks got a cough, they got to exit. Hey, not everybody can make it in time, Ryan. I don't know. That cough is just the worst. Coughing in the middle of a pandemic is just not where it's at. I, that's what always distracts me. Um, but she did add in that clip as well, the athletes on Team USA have our full support and we will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. Mm. So, it's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. What's going on? I have to confess to you, Ryan, I am thoroughly stressed out over this whole Smollett mess <gasps> in my hometown okay, of Chicago. Well then, then let me play SOS. Thank you. Former Empire actor Jesse Smollett took the stand in his ongoing criminal trial today in the high stakes attempt to rebut the charges that he staged a fake hate crime and lied to Chicago police about it in January 2019. Can you believe this was January 2019 that this happened, Ryan? I know, honestly, it, it feels a lot longer ago. Like, I'm kind of moved past this. I don't even really want to hear about it anymore. But, but I, guess what? I, I feel we like are. it's because we've had, it, it just seems like it's went away. But anyway, last week, the two brothers, Bola and Ola, that's in air quotes, those are their nicknames, um, testified they're both black and gay. And Jesse basically went into detail about how it was just drugs and some sexual tension, even though the brothers are denying that. But it was like talks of cocaine and bathhouses. A and... typical Wednesday night in West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> Jesse is standing 10 toes down. I know a lot of people are still divided on this, whether they think he is guilty or innocent. But he's maintaining his innocence, stating when he took the, the stand today that what his initial story is the one that he's sticking to. I have to ask you, Ryan, what do you think? Like, he flat out told the courts that this there was no hoax, <sighs> despite there being evidence of a dry run taking place. And those of you oh, who don't Jesse. know what a dry run is, that's like a rehearsal. That's oh, like a rehearsal. My sweet baby Jesse. You know, I am really hoping that he is telling the truth, but there was, you know, reports that the jury has seen a surveillance tape of him going through a dry run of the attack. You know, a good actor loves a rehearsal. <laughs> and I think it is, um, I just, I'm hoping that he did not go on that stage and commit perjury. Ooh. That's the thing, because if he's lying, it will come out. I want to know, like, I should mention that the brothers alleged that this was Jesse's idea to gain, like, media sympathy and boost his repertoire. Why go about it this way? Why not just release a sex tape like they used to do in the good old days? You know, I would have loved to see that. I think that would have <laughs> been great, actually. I'm just, but why go about it this way in the event that he is like, I have to say, as a Smollett fan, I love the whole family. I just interviewed Journey back in mm -hmm, August, as mm -hmm. you know. I just, at first I thought he was innocent, but I'm, in, in all honesty, I'm leaning towards towards the guilty side. But I think what's keeping me up at night yeah. is why, Jesse? Just why? Well, I why? guess we'll find out as more of this develops in this this whole thing. You think I don't they'll know. have it done in time for Christmas? I don't care, and I don't want it. I don't want that Christmas tree. I mean, well, Christmas present underneath my Christmas tree. <laughs> anyway, that is your tea report. We got more on the hour at on the hour, and um, I'm very excited about our next topic because, honey, a sleep orgasm can take a dream 
and like a good one into an incredible one. How does it happen? How does it work? Can you orgasm in your sleep? Child, I'm getting my notebook and notepad ready. You better be ready to take notes. <laughs> we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so get ready because, honey, we about to have a real good conversation. If, the... you, if your children are in the room, <laughs> get them out. Get them out. <laughs> now, a sleep orgasm can take a good dream and turn it into an incredible one. My thing is, if you've never experienced one, I feel like it's okay, but I need to know more about these orgasms happening in your sleep. We have the right person on the phone, Dr. Barry are coma sorry right yes yeah, yes oh my god okay perfect yeah. you know me i'm southern i'd be messing up everybody's name but dr barry thank you so much for joining us <laughs> well, certainly thanks for the invitation okay <laughs> no we are very excited about this because apparently you are the person that is really you know a lot about this field can you break down really what a I mean, what a sleep orgasm is? I, I, I mean, it sounds self-explanatory, but it feels a little bit more complicated. Well, people have uh, wet dreams. Men have wet dreams. They ejaculate semen uh, during uh, during sleep and dreaming. And, uh, and there are plenty of reports of uh, women and men having orgasms uh, in, in their dreams. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the the brain is where orgasms occur. They, I mean, the the expression of the orgasm is in the in the body, but the uh, actual neural activity, the nerve activity that goes on, is in the brain. And uh, mm. you know, we dream. We have uh, dream images of uh, erotic dreams. Uh, so that it's not surprising that uh, some of the dreams can uh, be orgasmic. Listen, um, the the whole issue of whether we, we you know we did a Speaking study a number of years ago with Beverly Whipple and and Gina Ogden, uh, where Gina uh, is a sex therapist. She said that she has uh, many women who say they can have orgasms just by thinking off. That's the expression yes. she used. They can think off without wow. any without any physical stimulation. That's exciting. I was very skeptical of that. So we we may, we actually studied them, and we we studied uh, you know we have a number of uh, uh, measures of of orgasm, 
that includes increase in blood pressure. The, the blood pressure doubles, the, the heart rate doubles, um, the pupils dilate, the pupils get uh, twice, as, twice as big, and, the, and also uh, the pain sensitivity goes, is cut in half. That people, people become, women become half as sensitive to pain during uh, orgasms. And we measured this in these women who said they could think themselves off. I mean, and listen, ten women. There, are some, there are some dreams that do get can get very steamy. I don't know about <laughs> Ryan, if sure. you've if you've ever woken up sure. and it's still been fresh on the brain like, dang, I've like never had a wet dream. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a wet dream. I'm just saying like a steamy dream well, where you where you feel like you might have been close. Yeah. You've never woken up feeling like you were you were almost close. No. Oh, wow. That's so strange for someone so kinky. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, this is this is uh, something that happens in the brain, and our dreams are can be erotic, and uh, so it can produce orgasms. Wow! And it can even produce the expression Just put my of it. Business out you know, there. We can we can think ourselves we can think ourselves into a penile erection, for example. Uh, you know, we we can have, think ourselves into. Uh, Vaginal lubrication. Okay, Doctor Barry, uh, because I feel like you you know so many things about this stuff, right? And I think this is, this is interesting. But what if people if listening to this and they're like, "Okay, I've never experienced this. Is something wrong with my body?" No, not everybody does, and and when people do, it could be very can be very rare, or it can be frequent or rare. So mm. uh, you know, there's no there's no it's, it's as individual as individual people. Uh, there's no there's no way so, of predicting whether somebody can or can't have uh, uh, orgasms in their sleep. So how often does something like this happen? I guess within like the, some of the research that you've done, is this like more common for some people or is this like because I mean, we just took a poll in studio and it just seems like it's extremely <laughs> rare to non-existent to to the three of us in here. Well, so how common is this? Well, in it's people? rare. It's rare. But there's no, I don't know of any studies of that, any data on that. I just know of, uh, you know, anecdotal reports that it can happen. And, you know, many people can can experience that. But, but you know, it's, it's relatively rare. And I also uh, wonder, but, is it like a sign? It's not rare, but it's not rare for men to wake up with an erection in the morning. That's oh, yeah. very common. Yeah, that's common. And that's part, that's, uh, you know, partly uh, due to a, uh, a brain, a mental uh mental phenomenon so yeah. uh, you know it, i mean that's an erection but it's, it's not an orgasm but you know just extend that uh in in to a you know a really uh, a really steamy dream yeah. um, and it's not that hard to imagine that it, it can lead to an orgasm well yeah and dr barry i feel like i also think about this in the sense of i wonder when we were in the middle of a quarantine and we were all by ourselves whether if you were with your partner or you weren't with the partner do you think people maybe would have experienced this because their body was wanting them to have more of a connection with another human and the lack of that really could have provided more of an opportunity for your body to go there while you were sleeping because you're missing out on something that was once easier to get versus not anymore because we went through a pandemic and the quarantine of it all and the separation of humanness. Well, whether, whether deprivation of sexual uh, activity leads to an increase in, uh, in, in orgasms in dreams is, you know, it's an interesting question, uh, but uh, uh, I don't know of any research on it. Uh, you know, it, well, Doctor Barry, you got a lot to it, do. It, 
You got a lot to work together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's logical, but the question of whether it's biological, you know, that's an open question. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this very, I just was not prepared for to talk about this today, but I'm very happy we did. Thanks. You're great at okay. what you do and all your research. Well, thank you. No, and, seriously. Uh, thank you for your interest. Oh, always. We'll have you back because we're always interested in other things that you're probably doing on that on that sexy side as well. But thanks so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Now, coming up, we have more show for you. And this is actually an interesting topic, Char. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, this story of uh, someone wrote into a, 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 one of those advice columns. It said, my boyfriend refuses to, refuses to divorce his ex unless I pay for it. What? Yep. Let's talk about it. Is this relationship this worth like some saving? Oh my God, it's going to be so good. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Honey, let's talk about a man that doesn't want his partner because this is what's happening in this next story. <laughs> um, because the, this lady, she wrote into an advice column um, and how she says she's 39, he's 33, and they've been together for five years, right? Okay. Follow me. Okay. Um, and there's a few things that she's saying that she can't handle. Basically, and she's voiced her opinion on these things, and she said she gets crazy, she gets called crazy, or she just gets ignored. Or ignored. Well, main thing, he's still married to his ex. He promised to get a divorce, but he refuses to get one unless she pays for it, which is absolutely wild to me. What does that even mean? And I get that divorce is expensive, but what she got to pay for it for? Is it a tax break thing? The fact that he even proposed this shows how little she loves herself. Oh, wait a second. Because I can't, I can't imagine a man fixing his lips to, to propose something like this to me. I it, really can't. It, it's not even done yet because while this is happening, she says they're only intimate three times a month um, and only when he wants to. Only when he allows it to. And then he doesn't compliment or acknowledge her um, or any of the social media posts or anything. And he doesn't even uh, say anything to the racy pictures that she sends him. So he ignores her. And then she said this was her last straw. Not like the divorce wasn't the last (laughs) straw, but this is her last straw. He decided that he wanted to take some time off away from her to spend his birthday. And she's like... I I don't care that he wants to spend time alone on his birthday, but she was upset that the fact that he didn't ask her if he was if she was doing anything for him, and she's like, I always do. My thing is, girl, you need to grow up and find you somebody that can meet your basic relationship needs. What are you doing? It sounds like he's using her for food and shelter. Like he's tired of his his wife, and so why not just shack up with you? This is or something... he needed a mother. Or maybe his mother's not in his life, and he, and he found another mother substitute. This is something where I'm not gonna you know get on this show behind this platform and beat up on this woman. But I really want her to get therapy. It starts there. But I also want her to <laughs> to love herself because all yes. all everybody yes. does is they show you a direct reflection of how you interact and engage with yourself. And this is one of the lowest of lows. The only reason why this is taking place is because he can get away with it. He probably saw her Achilles heel. He probably... probably purposely creates this confusion and delusion to keep her on her toes yeah. and keep her guessing and keep her feeling inadequate, quite frankly, like she's not good enough. Yeah. And he's reaping all the benefits from her mental despair. Well, let's help her out. Let's help her out here. What, you know, because I think everyone has been through these things where, um, you know, a man has manipulated to some extent. them to some extent, right? Yeah. Not as extreme, but, yeah. you know, let's get, just in case she's listening to Channel Q here, let's go there. Maybe this is our favorite show. Have we ever been, you know, toyed with by a man? 
most of my adult life I have. <laughs> if we're talking emotional What's manip- the worst thing? Um, I'm not going to give any specific examples, but I have been in cycles, like on a hamster wheel, a carousel of gaslighting, emotional abuse. I faced it all. And it's so easy. I should mention it's so easy, I'll say for me, to kind of get wrapped up in some of that stuff. Because in in certain regards, I'm like, oh, I'm not easily manipulated. I'm a smart woman who has her wits about her. But all it takes is the quote unquote right guy to get in my head. And I've learned from in the past that sometimes I find myself going down a rabbit hole, but there's all always a breaking point it never gets this far with me there's always a breaking point with like i think reciprocity is the name of the game and people will tell and show you everything that you need to know through their actions ignore their words yeah the proof of the pudding is in their actions ding ding and so that's something that everybody could probably benefit from paying attention to Woo! that's it i don't think i could have said it any better than that but i do want you know when you put your story out here and when you you're asking for advice yeah, this is wild. And I also wonder how much the divorces cost. I also wonder where are her friends? Clearly, yeah. Because wow. you got a good group of friends around you. It don't get this deep unless he's isolated her. He might be one of those manipulators that isolates, you know, the person from their, their family and friends. That's true. That's true. Wow. It happens all the time. But divorces are expensive. Oh, well, we're sending this lady so much love. I mean, I really hope she got out of this. Maybe this is an old letter and she's moved The gag is, I feel like there's so many people, not even just women, but so many people People. in this exact same situation and too ashamed to to write and make it public. All right, so coming up next, let's keep this party moving along. Oh, my goodness. I told y'all this hour was going to be juicy. Well, Chris Cuomo, honey, he got fired. You know that, right? Well, if you didn't know, he is now preparing to sue CNN. Find out why, coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Oh my gosh, I love that little cute song. Have yourself a merry little Christmas, Sam Smith. I'm so ready for the holidays. I look at my Christmas tree just like wanting to put on a Christmas album. I'm not a Christmas album, but Christmas movie. See, I've been freaking out. I need another month of 2021. No. uh... I need another month we've been through it it's fine it's fine we're moving on to 2022 big things are happening anyway you know who's having a crappy christmas who chris cuomo yeah (laughs) and chris christie for that matter heard those books aren't selling well let's talk about it because you know chris cuomo has been fired and uh, he has the nerve because he is set to sue the network if they, like, have an issue with paying him at least $18 million to cover what's left on his contract. Um, these sources are talking to the New York Post and they're telling them, well, um, he has hired lawyers and is preparing to file the lawsuit over the remainder of the four-year contract he signed last year. And, you know, if you're new to why he got fired, it's a, kind of like a back and forth about what the network knew of his secret um, efforts to aid his ambassador brother then governor andrew cuomo there's also what I'm, what I'm noticing is sources say that cnn has no intention of paying chris cuomo a penny you know also stating that cnn has a standard morality clause in their contract that says if the employee does anything of oh i don't know that word di- disrepute anyway yeah. if they yeah. do anything i guess unconscionable Oh, they, yeah, just, yeah, you're right. They can be immediately fired, meaning contract is null and void, sweetie. This is, I like doing this. Doing what? Disrepute. 
Disrepute. Disrepute. I always use that button on my Mac to yeah. hear the, 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 the computer say it. But yeah, Do you I don't think know. he'll be paid? Because we talked about this last week. I talked about this with <sighs> Shira. Shira and I did not believe that he would be fired because CNN loves him. We thought he was going to get a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked when he was fired. Do you think that they're going to end up paying him out? Well, if I have to be honest, I actually am. Um, I think CNN is not doing a bad job with handling this because I think they they went on their own way of doing their own investigation to finding out what actually actually took place they found out what took place and they didn't just immediately fire like immediately fire him um they like you know did their own investigation they found out what he was doing and i think that was the right move um but in history, I feel like we've seen folks who have done worse get paid out of their contracts. Like, it's no oh, big yes. issue. And so I would not, I would think that he would probably still, like, morality clause means nothing if you are white. That is true. He also <laughs> is done with Sirius XM Radio. They confirmed that his show has been canceled. Yeah, Cuomo announced his departure yeah. from the radio show in an Instagram message today saying, quote, while I have a thick skin, I also have a family for whom the past week has been extraordinarily difficult. So for right now, I have to take a step back and focus on what comes next. Was uh, the Sirius XM show tied to CNN? No. Okay, so it was like Separate his own entity. podcast. My thing is, I wonder if Sirius XM told him that they they we're going to do the same thing, but you can choose to say oh, that you're that's how this all works. Leave. That's how this all works. Yeah. Typically, when you get to the upper echelon of broadcast, <laughs> when you're getting fired, typically they'll give you the grace the opportunity. of saying like, oh, I'm going to go work on my book, yeah. so I'm stepping down. I'm interested, Ryan, I have to ask you, what do you think is next for Cuomo? He's disgraced you at know, this point. I there's The Cuomo brothers together, I... Honestly, if he does get his millions of dollars, he'll be fine. He'll be he can write a book about it later on. Andrew can write a book about their experience later on. The Cuomo brothers will be fine in this country and probably will somehow pop mm-hmm. back if in, in ways that we weren't even what expecting. A, what to pop a turn back. this has taken. Remember last year when people were branding themselves Cuomo sexuals? Oh, yeah. That was uh, sheer love to her Cuomo at that time. And oh, I said, really? wow, that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> Again. You know what I almost hate a joke, but I don't want <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, let us know your thoughts on Cuomo, on the Cuomo brothers, honey. Um, you know, we love for you to follow us at LGT Show on social media. Keep up with the conversation there because, honey, we'll be in our DMs always and, like, we'll be looking to see if y'all said something. And we'll read it here on over the air. But right now, coming up, top of the hour news and uh, let's talk about what California voters are getting to vote for because it may change the state of minimum wage forever. So that's up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What up? Shout out to that classic Bang Bang, Jesse J, Ariana Grande, um, Nicki Minaj. I love that song. That's a great one. It is. It's more, of course, of all the Channel Q music that you can expect to hear and bounce to while you're waiting for us to patiently come back on the show. You, you know? said those three names. I thought about Jesse J, you know, really standing in the fight with the illnesses. Mm-hmm. I thought about Kelly Clarkson thoroughly embarrassing Ariana Grande. Wow, so many things. And Nicki Minaj being an anti-vaxxer. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Hope her cousin's balls are okay. Cousin's friend. Oh, cousin's friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we have a lot to break down this hour on the hour. We're super happy that you're joining us. In the meantime, make sure to follow us at LGT Show all over the social means because, honey, we always have extra fun stuff that we're doing in the studio that producer Vanessa just loves to put cameras in our faces. It happens for sure. Um, but let's talk about what's coming up this hour, which honestly, I love to think about. So, we're talking about a story about, you know, what if you're sociable but you just hate hanging out in groups? How can you loosen up 
wow, this story's for me. It's, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I suddenly say. get a recollection of like a May 8th Please, uh, barbecue. Please, all right, well, we have other things to talk about. <laughs> um, also, about people are ghosting their friends. Wow, we're going to talk about that. You, you all, If you all have been listening to this show long enough, you know where I stand on ghosting. I'm not a ghoster of friends, though. I, won't I, do I don't that. ghost at all. Okay, well, stick around for this hour because once again, it's juicy. Right now, let's get into top of the hour headlines. Now, you know, I teased about California voters. Well, guess what? They could get to decide whether the state minimum wage goes up to $18 an hour at a time when rising prices and living costs are eating into workers' household incomes. It would gradually increase the state minimum wage starting in 2023. Well, that feels a little late. Mm-hmm. Then rise to $18 an hour for all size businesses by 2026. They're still going to be poor during that time. Why are we waiting? The current minimum wage is due to uh, to reach $15 an hour for large businesses starting in January. And for all businesses by 2023, the state minimum is now $14 an hour for businesses with 26 or more employees and $13 an hour for smaller businesses. Who in the hell is living in California with 13, out, 13 an hour? Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. There's for- somebody doing it. I bet they have six rooms. And I bet you they're a part of those flash mobs. Maybe so. Robberies trying to have a living. Well, um, yep, that's happening. And then, of course, the Florida Department of Education has yanked down an anti-bullying portal on its website following questions about content design for LGBTQ plus students. Whoa. They say the information is, quote, under review. The department removed links to a, a state anti-bullying policy, bullying prevention efforts, ways to support minority students and LGBTQ advocacy groups during the purge of life-saving information. It is unclear what information needed to be, quote, reviewed. I, I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. There's nothing more I to can't really wait say. for the boomerang to swing in the other direction. Seems like we just... I don't even know what that looks like. What does the boomerang look like swinging in the other direction? I don't know either, but I just have to choose to hold on to the belief that with all of the crap going on, there has to be some... An, uh, an outpouring of goodness that's going to come on the other end of this. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Yeah, but speaking of something that is not good, I know you have something in the T-Report that oh, we got to talk God. about. God. It brings me sadness to uh, (laughs) let you all know that Netflix has announced an 11-day comedy fest that was supposed to happen last year, but we know the pandemic hit. Um, But it's happening now in L.A. next year, where over 130 comedians will be performing. One of the comedians that will be performing during... Netflix is a joke, which is the name of the comedy festival, is the one and the only David Chappelle. Um, <laughs> Which, wow, the fact that they have him basically headlining. I just, I feel like I'm going to lose friends. After all of this. I feel like I'm going to lose friends. You think people are going to show up and I go? do. Mm. I do. I think I'm, it's going to be on the story and it's going to be like, LOL, he's so funny. And I'm, I am interested to see what type of jokes he brings. Like, are people going to be LOLing at more transphobia? Like, I feel like I'm going to lose, I might lose some friends. Well, you know, he's probably going to, this is going to be his time to be in a drunken state talking about how much every, you know, people hate him and, and have taking his of freedom course. of speech and... Of course. Well, anyway, these comedians uh, will perform across 25 Hollywood landmarks, such as the Greek Theater, the Hollywood Bowl, Dodger Stadium, and Crypto.com Arena. 
Other comedians that are scheduled other than Chappelle are Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias, Kevin Hart, John Mulaney, Amy Schumer, Ali Wong, Amy Poehler, Aziz Ansari, Chelsea Handler, oh, Chris Aziz. Rock, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, Ellen DeGeneres, Jerry Seinfeld, Pete Davidson, Ray Romano, Seth Rogen, wow, and many really more. Reading this whole well, it's not the whole list. I just wanted to like it's an the, array. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get Ellen and Aziz. You're gonna get Chelsea and Jerry. It. I'm excited about Aziz. I love. I love Chelsea Handler. She's one of my favorites. I like Ali Wong, too. You know, Seth Rogen is my husband. Yeah, I like oh, him, too. Do you like wow. Ali Wong? Did you watch I her special? I love Ali Wong. She is so good. I don't think I've ever seen Pete Davidson do a, a stand-up. Well, yeah, that's you know that's what he's known for, but... Is he? Yeah, I think so. I only know him for SNL. Well, before that, he was, oh, you, know, okay. you know, in the space. And I've never seen Ray Romano. I, fun fact, I know his daughter, Ali Romano. Oh, well, hey, Ali, shout out to you. That's your tea report. Um, <laughs> make sure to check out more of that story on WeAreChannelQ.com. And, of course, keep us followed at LGT Show Everywhere. Now, coming up, shout out to all my um, introverts out there, our ambiverts, because you may be both, like, introvert and extrovert, where you are sociable, but you just don't know how to hang in groups. How do you loosen up? Find out next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now, how do you handle being someone who is sociable but doesn't know how to hang out in groups? Is there a way to loosen yourself up? Well, joining us in this discussion is Scott Berry. He's a cognitive scientist exploring the depths of human potential. And you can check out his latest book, Transcend. If you like him, we'll you'll, we'll give him we'll give him a nice little critique afterwards. But he sounds pretty cool. Thanks for joining us for the show. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks. I hope you still think I'm cool. Well, yeah, yeah, I will, trust me. Today. Trust me. I will let you know. <laughs> no, well, let's talk, let's talk about this, though, because it's really interesting because I genuinely feel like I am this person where I am a very extroverted type of person, but I also have introverted um I don't, I don't know, like behaviors where I can be both. And even when I get into new friend groups, I can tend to get a little quiet and a little awkward and have some anxiety pop up. Why do you think that is? What What's what's that kind of telling you if you're in a new group and you're normally sociable, but groups for some reason make you freeze up? Well, I think that it's important to make very clear that introversion is separate from shyness. There, there are two different traits. So you can actually be an extrovert and still have a lot of shyness, mm. uh, for sure. So these things come apart in lots of interesting ways. So if you're in, so when you're saying sometimes you're introverted, I wonder if what you mean is like sometimes you just um, are either shy or you just need to recharge your battery, yeah. which is completely, you know, a lot of extroverts can be that way. So I'd love yeah. to just hear more from you what you mean by that. Yeah, by so sometimes you're more introverted. I'm so happy you yeah. said that. Wow, okay, you're doing good. I'm so happy you said that because I am <laughs> someone who I grew up as an only child and there are moments where I even talk about my social meter where I know when it's depleted. I know when I kind of need to leave and go back home and, and allow myself to recharge in ways. But when I'm going into like new friend groups, specifically like this past summer, I was hanging out with some new people and I you know sometimes I would feel like there would be moments where I would shine and I would be very talkative but then there was other moments where I would get very anxious and wouldn't know how to like navigate in this the new like friend dynamics or in new groups in general and I just find myself being one of those people where sometimes this can pop up for me and I always think about like well, why is that? What What's kind of going on where I, I start to feel that anxiety and, and how can I kind of shake that? Yeah, so thank you for that clarification. I totally get it. 
I think it's important to recognize that like we can all be different people uh, at different times and with different people. There's some really interesting research specifically on a marginalized individual showing that they tend to be more apprehensive with people because they don't want, they don't know if they're going to be judged, you know? So there's actually legit reasons to have anxiety. I think it's also important to point out that sometimes your anxiety and shyness is valid. Like I think, Mm -hmm. you know, some people might want to like downplay it, but I think it's really important to recognize that those emotions that are coming up can be valid. My advice to you and to anyone who suffers from this is don't, the worst thing you can do is to feel shame over having, being that way or avoiding experiences. There's a whole like topic in psychology called experiential avoidance. That's like the technical term, experiential avoidance. And that's correlated with all sorts of uh, bad things like depression and um, and, uh, and over-rumination, et cetera. What you want to do is you want to adopt, instead of um, dipping into avoiding things in life, you want to really um, embrace an exploration mindset. And when to, in, once you embrace this exploration mindset, you can start to view the social world as just everything's just, you're just curious about everything. So if you start to find, here's a practical tip. If you find yourself in a situation where you really do want to connect and you want to be there, but you're, you're feeling that like avoidance tendency, like, oh, I want to get the beef out of here, you know, like, yeah. and that feeling. First of all, my first stage, acknowledge that is valid. Like you're allowed, you don't have to be happy all the time. I, I've written articles on toxic positivity, so I'm not Ooh, about that. Come <laughs> okay. on, then we can really talk. <laughs> the most annoying yeah. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wrote an article for The Atlantic on the, the opposite. It, the, the title of the article is The Opposite of Toxic Positivity. So, um, so look, first of all, acknowledge that I am having a human experience. I'm feeling um, anxious, and that's okay. Mm. But, but the second step would be to lean into it, lean into it fully, and, and just turn into curious mode. Be like, oh, like, even if you're not really curious, <laughs> there's a whole field called behavioral activation that if you just like act as if you, how you want to be, you, your body kind of catches up. So be like, even if the person says something really like boring and stupid, you can be like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Um, tell me more about that second part, you know, and just and the more you get into it, the more you get out of your own head. And eventually you'll be fine. I really believe in yeah. people's potential for growth, you know? Well, Scott, actually, you know, I'm really enjoying you. And I think we want to kind of keep you on because I also think there's an aspect to this where we're still in a pandemic. And I think there was something that we all collectively experienced with the quarantine and just trying to bounce back in and, and maybe realizing that we need new friends in our lives and how to kind of get past that anxiety combining with the quarantine. So stick around. We're going to take a quick little break. We got more Scott Barry, who was doing a fabulous job, by the way. Up next, don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Oh my goodness, we are having a great conversation. If you're just now joining us, we're talking about if you are a sociable person, but when you get into new groups or just groups in like in general how you just become anxious and just you try to figure it out well on the phone with us someone i just really enjoy and you know producer vanessa always books these like guests and never realize how big of a deal they really are (laughs) (laughs) but scott barry kaufman is a cognitive scientist exploring the depths of human potential they have their latest book called transit and they are the um host of the psychology podcast thanks for joining us scott Oh, thanks for having me here. Yeah, my mom definitely thinks I'm a big deal. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
As we all should. I mean, here's the thing. I think coming back into this, we were really, you know, discussing about just the anxiety that I genuinely have felt. Um, But I think I can't help but think about how COVID and quarantine and the psychological effects of that really probably play into why a lot of people have the anxiety around around getting into new friend groups and all of these things. Can you talk a little bit about how that plays into this as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, anxiety is, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you have apprehension over, oh, do I still have social skills? Like, can I still talk to humans? You know, but it is like riding a bicycle. I mean, you, you it will come back. So you have, need to have a little bit more confidence in yourself that it'll get there. But I, I work in this whole field called post-traumatic growth. And I'm actually working on a book right now on post-pandemic growth with exercise and things to help people um, not only just be resilient during this time, but grow in new ways. And I just want to say this is a great opportunity for a lot of people to make choices in their life, maybe even um, reprioritize their friends, you know, maybe like this is a time in their life where they're like, okay, well, some things weren't serving my growth, and now this is a real good opportunity for me to to maybe choose growth more than I ever have before. So I think this this could be a real opportunity, too, for a lot of people. I have to say, I definitely had to make that very, very painful decision of walking away from someone and just loving them from a distance. I had to do that to a friend this year. It sucked, but it had to be done because, whoo, Scott, how how much time you got? (laughs) But um, So Ryan and I were talking. I'll bill you later. Right, right, right. Ryan and I were talking, and I'm not someone who encounters this very often. I just, I can jump in damn near any group, and I'm okay. She's magical in that way. I'm okay. I'm, I'm out there. I'm running my mouth, and I'm. I believe I, it. I also have a tendency sometimes to overshare in a, in a, in a way to get you know extra relatable, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. But I want you to un- explain to both Ryan and I and the listeners what is this thing called in group bias amongst groups of friends. Ooh, good question. Um, well, first of all, I was going to say, it sounds like you have vortaciousness. There's actually a psychological trait called being vortaceous, and you can take the vortaceous test. <laughs> and it sounds like blurta- you have that. Is it blurtaceous or, or blurtaceous? I thought it was bortaceous. Blurt. B-L-I-R-T stands for Brief, Loquacious, and Interpersonal Responsiveness Test. Oh, drag <laughs> me. <laughs> it means in social situations. <laughs> it means you... Let me, I'm Googling this right now, but listening to you. Google, Google my article. Google my article. Are you blurtatious? Scott Barry Kaufman, you can take the test. But I suspect you'll score very high in this test. (laughs) I just, listen, I just do, I'm very adaptable. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, otherwise, man, woman, otherwise. Like, I I can just get in there and I'm pretty sure I could could talk, if I I were in a hostage situation, I'd be the girl (laughs) to be like, listen. But that's interesting. Is there a balance to that? Like, it, you, well, there's like you a know, fine line. I will say, I'll say the research, I, see, the thing is, I'm all about embracing, I'm all, I study self-actualization, so I think it sounds like you're self-actualizing. I would say where it only could be a problem is that it's been studied in the context of romantic relationships, and it's found that if you're very, very high bortaceous and your partner is very, very low bortaceousness, that does predict divorce rates. Mm. So that's all I'll say about that. But I think other than that, you know, you be you. <laughs> yeah, I tend to like a lot of romantically. I like a lot of introverted men. Typically, I don't like you. Listen, there can only be one show pony in this Polo. relationship. We can't. <laughs> we can't both be out here letting our freak flag fly. Hello, what's your phone number? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm introverted. Well, all right, Scott. <laughs> well, we'll make it happen. Now, here's the thing: as we wrap, I'm messing. I'm messing. Yeah, don't, don't you take listen, it back? Don't, don't play, Scott. <laughs> 
Now, here's the thing. As we wrap this conversation up, though, because I, I would love to know, give, a, give some tips for our <laughs> listeners out there who feel like this is them. They want to loosen up, but they, they really genuinely don't know how to. Some last minute tips. Yeah, we got think, about 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I will say that no matter how uh, tense you feel or how much you feel like you just can't loosen up, you have so much more greater capacity to do it than you realize. I'm really into improv theater, for instance, and I do a lot. I would, first of all, I would say take an improv class if that's something that bothers you. Mm-hmm. you because you, what you learn is that no matter how you're feeling, it doesn't have to dictate you. It doesn't have to control you. You can still act as if and be silly. I would say just go do something silly, like in the moment, you know, like say something silly or like ask the person a very curious question. The more that you can get out of your own head and more into the moment, uh, even through mindfulness practice and other things, um, you can get there. I really believe in you. Oh my God, Scott Mary Kaufman. And Scott, for the record, I do have your quiz pulled up. About flirtatiousness. Oh. We're about to Am do I it. Am I right? Am I right? Listen, Am I, I right? haven't, I oh. haven't, I haven't done it yet. But I, I do fully. You got a lot for me to read before I get to the to the test at the bottom of this. Well, so. honey, I'm going to let y'all exchange emails <laughs> because I got a show to do. Um, but no, Scott Barry Kaufman, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone, please go get his book, Transcend. And of course, subscribe to the Psychology Podcast because I will be, I'm a new listener. I'm about to describe, I'm about to do it on Spotify right now. Subscribe. All right. Oh, no, seriously. Thanks, thanks. I really am honored to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully we can have you back soon. All right. Sounds good. I'll come back anytime you want. (laughs) Okay, stick around. We're going to talk to you right after this break. All right, y'all, we got more show coming up. Do not go anywhere. Um, Oh, my God, that was just so so good. But we're going to talk about ghosting friends, right? That's what we're doing? Ridiculous. All right, here we go. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh, my gosh. The girls are arguing online on the TikToks as usual. Because guess what? A Costco worker, she revealed that she's one of those people that stands by the door. And when people come out, she like sees their, she's like, can I see your receipt? I just need to check everything. She grabs the highlighter and skims it down. Yeah, and just skims it to make sure everything is purchased the way that it's purchased. Mm -hmm. Well, guess how much that girl's getting paid or this person's getting paid? How much? $30 $30 an hour. What? And she wrote, she made a video on TikTok to, to basically say that she gets paid nearly $30 an hour just to draw smiley faces on repeat. <laughs> and it pissed people off so much where they were like, so you do that and I'm getting paid a measly $12 an hour? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, is it her fault? No. Because she just accepted a good thing. Listen, the way that I see this, first of all, you brought up Costco and long gone are the days of Sunday Ooh. samples. I you know, I've never been to a Costco, but I because I uh, Sam's Club. We is were the big Sam's thing. Club, yeah, yeah. Sam's Club is a big thing. And Chicago, I love a Sam's Club. Illinois, I mean, they're the same thing, just with different names. I know, but I feel like a Sam's Club pizza slice is better than a Costco. Okay, pizza well, slice. like I said, long gone are the days of Sam's Sunday <laughs> samples. Okay, you can get you can get a full dinner just, off of those things. <laughs> However, what I will say to this is, don't be mad at the Costco employee. Be mad at the system. That's honey. what I'm saying. Hate this the is, player. Don't hate the game. Wait, I hate the game, don't hate the player. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, you meant. Yeah, yeah. I, but we, we heard it right. It <laughs> fell on our ears right. I think that this is ridiculous to be mad at her. I mean, if you could... Listen, where do I apply? Honestly, where do I apply? You know, I was looking for a part-time job, <laughs> and that would be nice. I think that they get... Typically, I don't know... Ryan, let me know if it was like this in Nashville. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Typically, that position was reserved for the elderly. Yes, the elderly would give um, stickers out with those. Yeah. I love those, especially at the Walmart. Like an after-retirement yeah, job. 
sit on the stool and you just like, yep. you know, because we come to you. They, they don't ever and get And they up. check under the cart. They sure do. And you cannot exit a, a Costco yeah. or a Sam's Club without getting your uh, receipt yeah. approved. Now, I don't know how old this woman is, but she don't look elderly. No, she looks like she, a peer of ours. Yeah. and uh, she's. But listen, <laughs> I'm not, I am not mad. <laughs> Why are you falling out? I just did the math and did the math on my own thing. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Ryan's in here calling me the crypt keeper because I'm about to be 34. No, 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 I'm just like over here doing the math and thinking about, you know, how some people are making more money. Okay, anyway, um... Yeah, I'm looking at this yeah. article. People have been raising hell about raising, I mean, about so much as earning $7.25 an hour. $15 an hour is pretty good. I think Isn't that our, our minimum wage in California? It is. But even then, I don't think, I think they've done research and uh, when it comes to statistics, I don't even think $15 an hour is a, a livable wage here in California. No, like we mentioned earlier, $15 an hour, you got some roommates. Yeah, multiple. You got some roommates. It's just ridiculous. And a hot plate, not an oven. It's ridiculous. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Time for my favorite part of the show. It's the Yes Queen. Yes Queen. Okay, so this one goes out to um, a bank, which is new for us, oh. right? Shout out to capitalism. But it's a good kind because they are ditching the overdraft fees that um, is really intense and, and calls folks to get further and further behind. They're actually giving up $150 million in annual revenue. It's the largest U.S. bank yet to end the industry practice of charging customers a hefty fee, typically $25 to $35, for allowing transactions that exceed a customer's balance. So this is actually pretty nice. I think a lot of banks should think about doing this because if someone is doing you know, spending some money, they probably are doing it as a last-ditch effort to, you know, live. Ryan, I never understood overdraft fees. Like, what is it for? I never understood, because I went over $5, y'all are charging me $35. If I had it, then I wouldn't have went over. Correct. So rude. Like, it's just so wild. They are, they make $150, million off of overdraft fees? Off of overdraft fees. What in the scamation? What? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's it's so it's really sad when you think about it. Um, but I think if you are a Capital One person at you've, you know if you use there as a bank, then great, congratulations think, for you. I think overdraft fees and interest rates need to be eradicated. Woo, now let's abolish yes, that. Yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> all but right. what bank is this? Really quickly, this is, this is Capital One. Capital One, nice. Yeah. Okay. So shout out to all the Capital Ones out there. And I, I mean, honestly, you won't get this yes queen again. But thanks. So that's it for the show. If you missed anything, head over to our website at wearechannelq.com. And of course, you can catch up on our podcast, Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan, available wherever you get podcasts, specifically the Odyssey app. You should make sure to have that. Thank you so much to Shar Jassel for joining me as usual. Thank you for having me. It's been a great Monday. Mm-hmm. 12-6. What 12-6. a way to kick off the week, right? I know. Okay, so tomorrow we have a whole bunch that we're talking about, so get ready for that. Um, because, honestly, we're talking about religion and LGBTQ folks, and so that's really interesting. And then this online dating beauty filter trap that is out there catching the girls up. <laughs> up next, though, is a love line, and Dr. Chris is talking about coping with loneliness. And, honey, that is it for me. Remember to slay, and y'all have a wonderful night. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.